What's up, guys? Welcome to episode two of Entertainment Now. This is, uh, you know, been such a crazy couple weeks and uh, week of my life. And, um, you know, a lot of things have happened. I got injured at a doctor's office, and it's kept me from doing the things that I should be doing and uh, trying to just get past it and strive through it. Uh, Long story short, pretty much a nurse uh, went to go draw my blood and ended up breaking an artery in my arm, causing internal bleeding throughout my left arm and gave me major, major pain. And uh, I went to this doctor just to get pain relief, honestly. Um, But yeah, in this episode, I want to talk about some of the movies that I've recently watched um, on Netflix. So crazy. These, These ones are, you know, I don't normally do foreign films but i've been watching a couple foreign films lately um you know a lot of people when they see a, a movie in subtitle they turn it off immediately especially if they don't aren't, aren't into reading and and watching at the same time which i know can be it can be difficult to do that a lot of people are either you know stoned to the bone or drunk when they're you know just hanging out watching movies with their significant other then again there's people that are stone cold sober um I like, you know, personally having a nice buzz when you watch something is, uh, is it makes it just that much better to me. But um, yeah, I uh, recently watched the movie two two great sci-fi-ish kind of dystopian horror films. Uh, one was called Cadaver. Cadaver was a um, based in Norway, and it was like a, you know, a, a post nuclear war movie where these people are starving and they're dying and there's a guy who runs a theater in this hotel and decides to have them, you know, come watch a show that he's putting on, he's performing and it'll include food. So a lot lot of starving people on the streets are going to of course jump right to it and go and watch this film or not film, but it was a play. And, uh, you know, it's really crazy. Um, spoiler alert, they end up, you know, going to this hotel to get food and watch some entertainment after there hasn't been in a while. And they take their daughter with them, kind of centers around this family, two, you know, husband, wife, and their daughter. And uh, they end up, you know, in the play, when it when the play begins, they give them this mask to wear, which will distinguish them from the actors. So if you're wearing a mask, you're the audience. If you don't have a mask, you're an actor. And he says, anything goes, you know, Everything that's in the show is a show and it's fake. Don't think it's real. Just to lure people into each room of the hotel to go floor by floor following these characters. And it was just it just kept getting worse and worse for this family. And uh, pretty much near you know the end of it, they realize that all the people that they came there with are missing and disappearing and they lose their daughter. So they try to find their daughter and they end up finding out what they're really doing to them. And since, again, it is a, you know, dystopian future, this guy is providing food for these people. But what they're doing is they're having these audience members follow these cast members into these other rooms and scenarios where there's trap doors and the trap door will pop open and it they'll steal them underneath in these tunnels. And these people will drag them into this room and kill them and grind them up and make them into the food for the next following people. I mean, 
totally cannibalistic and crazy and it's super cool if you're into watching foreign films and horror films totally watch it it's called cadaver and uh yeah i gave it a four out of five star rating for myself i mean it was really cool and if you're down to read the subtitles definitely watch it uh, the second movie that I recently watched was actually last night, and that was referred to by a friend, Teo, at work. Um, he was, like, telling me about this movie uh, called The Platform, also on Netflix, and I just recently watched it, geez, last night. I honestly couldn't go to sleep. I, uh, the movie was pretty much the same scenario, dystopian future. horror sci-fi film and this film you know (laughs) the concept and the writing of it was pretty unique i mean it can you can go pretty in depth with you know how they did it and uh basically stars this guy goreng is the main character and um i i don't know what language it's in i honestly don't think it's like in spanish or portuguese it could be a brazilian movie some of the words i could i could kind of hear and i could uh you know, tell it was some sort of Spanish, but, um, or Portuguese. Um, but pretty much there's this guy and he needs some college credits. And if he volunteers to go into what's called the hole, sort of like a prison system, uh, he can get the credits and graduate from college and then he's all good and he can live the rest of his life. And he also wants to join and kick his, he, he joins for six months and he does it so he can kick his cigarette habit, you know, smoking habit. So when you go into the hole, anybody who goes into the hole, whether you're a prisoner or just a volunteer or whatever, you get to bring one item into the hole with you. And, I mean, it can be anything, any item you want, anything in the world. Um, So this guy, he chooses a book and he likes to read. Um, So pretty much he wakes up in this, on this platform, right? And uh, he notices right away that there's another man there on on the platform with him. It's almost like a imagine a jail cell, but it's a lot larger, a large a larger room, all concrete walls, floor, ceiling, and in the middle of the floor there is about an eight by eight foot hole, eight by maybe eight by five feet even. Imagine like the, a dinner table. Okay, a dinner to- dinner table style platform hole. And the hole, when you look down, goes down all the way to, I mean, to it looks like nothing. And as you look down, you can tell that all these other people are on these platforms below and above. So he wakes up on platform 48. And the guy that he's with is actually telling him, like, hey, you know, my first platform wasn't this high up. You should be lucky, you know. And the guy didn't really understand, you know, the volunteer. He was like, what do you mean, 48? You know, he didn't really understand the concept. And uh, that little hole in the middle and above him, you know, you can literally look up and talk to the people above you or look down and yell at the people below you. Or you could jump down into the hole and fall down to your death. I mean, you would just fall hundreds of feet, thousands of feet down and die. And uh, so this guy... The volunteer guy, Goring, uh, he, he's there, you know, just to kind of do his time. He thinks it's going to be easy. He sits back in his bunk. He's reading his be- book. And then all of a sudden, this platform comes down from the top. And it's actually a dinner table full of food. But the food is, like, all destroyed and it's smashed up. And the other guy, the other prisoner guy says, you better start eating. 
and the volunteer guy looks at the table and it's just filthy it's got food on it but it's like as if somebody smashed it into their mouth and spit it out and there's crumbs and it just looks awful it looks horrible it looks nasty like you wouldn't want to eat any of it and he's just like is this how they're going to be feeding us and the other prisoner inmate describes to him that the way that the platforms work is that on the very top level it starts at zero and it goes all the way down to well what that guy had said he had been on you know level 112 and when you're in level 112 at the bottom when that platform gets down to 112 there is no food left over whatsoever by the way when you're on these platforms you have to stay at your level for one whole month so when you're there for the whole month whether you're at 48 or, or 28 or 60 or 90 or 100 the platform of food stays the same so it starts at zero and it stops at every platform to to let everybody grab a little bit of food to eat and then it keeps going down but of course when it comes to prisoners greed uh your your selfishness you don't know how to ration people go crazy so the cool thing about it not i mean the cool concept behind it was that you could be on level 100 one month and then wake up on level three the next month so say you were starving all month just i mean practically dying then you wake up on level three and you're the third person to touch the table full of delicious food it's got cake it's got lobster it's got steak it's got like i mean gourmet food everything is delicious looking so i thought that was a really really cool movie um yeah I can't. I don't want to get into too much detail because I really want people to go out and watch it. I think it's worth the watch. It, it, if you're into the goriness, the uh, to compare it to anything, I would compare it to the 1997 movie Cube. If there are listeners out there who remember Cube back in the 90s, you know it's sort of similar to that. So highly recommend that. I gave it a four out of five stars only because that one last star. It is pretty gross. It does get kind of crazy gross. And, uh, you know, what you got to do is you just got to, you got to do what you got to do to survive in that scenario. And that teaches you, you know, that if you should, if you should be able to ration the food and have everybody, let everybody eat something, then maybe the world would be a better place. But this does not allow that to happen. So pretty crazy movies uh, I've been watching lately. And other things in my life, I mean, are are going pretty well. I mean, work, work is work. Um, I know everybody out there listening. I mean, when you work, you are, you know, some people do what they love. Some people don't. Some people need the insurance. Some people need the pay. And then there's some people that are just super entrepreneurs like myself. And uh, today I had a good day uh, cold calling for real estate. I am a real estate agent out there. So all you listeners, if you're moving to Las Vegas and you need a realtor here in Las Vegas, our median house price is $325,000. Great place, great city to live. Move to Las Vegas. Call Pete. Uh, Check me out. And uh, yeah, not to self-promote my real estate business, but yeah, that's what I've been doing. I got some good potential leads today. And, uh, yeah, things are going pretty good. I, uh, you know, when it comes to working, I really have gone zero to 100. I mean, back in the day I used to, when I was, you know, 10 years ago, let's see, 10 years ago, I was 21 years old and I was working in a kitchen 
at a restaurant in Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Shout out to Boulder, Colorado. If you're from Boulder and you're listening, I sure miss Boulder. Go check out Backcountry Pizza and Tap House. Shout out. Uh, they got some of the best craft beer on tap in Boulder, especially because there's so many microbreweries there, and it's really cool. Um, I know in my last podcast I'd spoken about Boulder. It's a, it's a really awesome town. So my last episode, I mean. So yeah, I uh, 10 years ago, that's where I was, and I was working, and I was just thinking I was going to be in a kitchen my whole life. I really thought, like, there's no escaping the food and beverage industry. Like, what could I do? You know, I was always burning myself or cutting myself or, like, you know, just getting knife nicks in my hand from chopping and prepping and, you know, like, being a chef, I mean, if you're out there and you're listening and you work in a restaurant, you know what it's like to be stressed out over the tickets coming in. They're rolling in so fast that you can't even get caught up. And you just all night are sweaty and you're just like working super hard. You know, you barely get any time for yourself in the day of work. So, um, you know, being a chef, shout out to all the chefs out there just busting their ass behind the line because I definitely know what it's like to be there. And I've even bust tables. You know, I used to bust tables, like I mentioned in my last episode, I bust tables at a country club. I bust tables here in Vegas at uh at restaurants you know it's it's a good hard work it teaches you good work ethic you know you bust your ass you clean the tables you get tipped out and you go on with your day and you know i'm i'm not regretting any of that food and beverage industry life because it actually put me to where i'm at now so um you know ever since i went to hawaii i learned the art of sales from my good buddy good buddies ryan and kevin and uh, they pretty much taught me like with my personality and how I talk to people and how I can be can really get me more money and work independently and do more things than just being stuck, you know, clocking in and clocking out of a, of a restaurant. So when I moved to Waikiki and Oahu, I, I decided to take a chance and and try to do some street booking, you know, selling some timeshare or, or things like that, you know, vacation packages. And it was really hard at first. I would watch my friend and he would go out and he could stop people left and right on the street and, and chit chat with them and ask them where they're from and, you know, really make it personable and make them trust him. And I was like, dude, this guy is a genius. Uh, I need to follow this and I need to, I need to soak this up. So I did, I, I did soak it up for sure. And, uh, you know, I was living in Hawaii and after a, a little bit, about a month or so in, I was about to, leave to go back home to Vegas to live with my parents, you know, cause I just couldn't, I, I was down to my last couple dollars. I mean, I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay the rent? You know, I, I, how am I going to survive here in a, such an expensive place? And, uh, so one night it was probably, uh, around five o'clock or so I was, I had met a couple friends through Ryan and Kevin and they introduced me to this guy, Shane. Sorry, I'm sipping a little bit of uh, cranberry vodka while I'm talking. You know, I ran into this guy, Shane, who I had met through Ryan and Kevin. And uh, short little guy would ride a Segway through Waikiki. I mean, the guy was total business the entire time I met him. I mean, he was like, he was all about money making. And so I'm sitting there at this place called Blazing Steaks. And I'm eating my little steak and rice plate, and I noticed this guy in the corner of the restaurant. I'm like, man, how do I know him? I met him. I, I don't know. And he looked at me, I looked at him, and he noticed me too. And he was like, hey, man. 
And I was like, what's up, dude? And he was like, hey, can I, you mind if I sit with you? And I was like, sure, man, like, whatever's. So he came down and he sat next to me and he started chit-chatting with me. And, you know, in sales, that's number one. It's just a chit-chat, you know, get to talking to him and, uh, and, and get people comfortable. So he started talking to me and he, I told him my situation about how I'm, like, so broke and about to leave the island because I can't survive there and I lost all my money you know, moving into an apartment, and I thought I could just get a job real easily there, and it just didn't work out for me that way. So, um, he tells me that he sells pub crawl, and I'm sure a lot of listeners know what a pub crawl is. It's kind of, you know, you pay to go to one bar, and then another bar, and then another bar, and you just kind of bar hop down the street, and you can get free drinks, and, uh, you know, this guy was telling me about how he started doing that, and he started selling it, and that he made pretty good commission on, on it. So I was, I was interested. I was like, you know, he was like, Hey, you know, you seem pretty personable. How about you come and try to sell the pub crawl with me? I was like, Oh, perfect. Let's do that. I would, I need a job and I need some income and I'll do anything that it takes. You know, he goes, meet me down here at 7am in the morning here in Waikiki, right here in front of the Pacific beach hotel. Meet me right here. And, uh, and I'll try to teach you how to sell some pub crawl on the street. So that night I went home and I went to bed early and I got up at like 6 in the morning. I took a shower. I took the bus in from uh, Makiki Heights down into Waikiki. And I met this guy there and he shows up on his Segway. And I'm like, dude, you got a Segway? That's so cool. And, you know, he was just like, he was a shorter guy. So it made him taller than me and it made him taller than everybody on the street, obviously. Um, but it was a good sales technique just to even have that big ass segue because the guy was like towering over you while he was talking to you. Um, so we're going through Waikiki and there's these four girls, four blonde girls coming from Australia and they're walking down Waikiki and this guy's like, Hey, this is it. This is my group. So I'm like, okay. I just kind of followed him, sat back and watched. So he rolls up his segue right in front of them, parks it, er. He's like, hey, ladies, what are you guys doing tonight? You know, he starts talking to them, chit-chatting with them, whatever. One of the key things I remember for sure is his right hand. He would put his right hand up in the air, and he would flap his hand in his wrist. And while he was talking, he would flap his wrist and hand motions above them. And, I mean, all these four girls would just, like, stare at his hand as he was talking and kind of just agreeing with what he was saying. And so once he brought up the real thing that he was talking about was the pub crawl, these girls were like, oh my gosh, we want, you know, we want to go to a pub crawl. That, sorry, that's a little more British accent of mine, that Australian. But uh, they agreed. They were like, yeah, that sounds fun. We have nothing to do tomorrow night. Let's go to do this pub crawl. It comes with one free meal and then free drink at every bar. Let's do it. He tells them, hey, it's only $65 American, okay? $65 American, you just pay me. $50 each now, and you pay 50, 15 at the door. So he says, I'll collect the $50 now, and you pay 15 the night of at the door when you go to the pub call to the first bar. So I'm looking at him, and I'm like, wow, this guy is super convincing. And they all just pulled out their wallets and gave him $50 each, 200 bucks. He gives them a little slip with their name and number on it. He books it for them, and he gives them the slip, and he rolls on. And he's like, all right, ladies, be there at this time, and uh, it was nice talking to you. So we roll off, and they walk away, and I'm just baffled by how quick and easy it was for him to get $200 out of people's pockets. So he slaps me $50 in my hand, and he says, you know what? That's how easy it is to talk to people and get them to do fun things. 
I immediately was hooked. I was hooked immediately. And he gave me a bunch of slips and I started going out there and I started pitching my own way and trying to get people signed up, which I did. I ended up getting a few people signed up and it was really cool. And uh, so him and this other guy, his name was Joey. They decided to start their own island tour. Now in Hawaii, of course, everybody goes and, you know, you either go to Pearl Harbor or you go to the North Shore. You want to go see, you know, Haleiwa and places that are just super popular, right? You want to cliff dive. People want to go snorkeling, you know, things like that. So that's what they offered in our tour. They say, hey, listen, you can go swimming with the giant green sea turtles, go snorkeling with them. We'll go cliff diving. We'll take you to the shrimp trucks on the North Shore, which is very famous if you've never been to Hawaii. You got to go to the shrimp trucks on the North Shore. Shout out to Sue's Farm. And also, you know, when you're doing that, we go to the famous Pipeline Beach where Kelly Slater has won the Pipe Masters and all these famous surfers have been there. And it's very, it's a very, very, um, how do I say, the, one of the most famous spots to go surfing in the world. It is also the world's most dangerous wave to surf. And the reason why Pipeline is the most dangerous wave is because when they can get swells of 30 plus feet, I mean, 30 feet is three-story swell. Craziness. The reef ends up only being about four and a half feet from where the water, top of the water is down to the coral reef. So say you're surfing a 30-foot wave and you fall over the lip 30 feet and you hit that water. You only got about a four-foot uh, difference between you and uh, a lava rock that's going to completely cut right into your skin or you know hurt you very badly or kill you because a lot of people have died there. So, um, yeah, we would take our tours, you know, to that beach and show them pipeline. And it was really, really cool. And it was a hundred dollars, right? hundred bucks to do the tour. Sounds too good to be true, which it was too good to be true for me, for a salesman. I would go out on the street. I would pitch my little heart out on these tours. And I mean, my buddy Ryan and I, we were killing it. Kevin, Ryan and I, we were killing it out there. We were making hundreds of dollars every day. Um, I made six grand in my first month of doing it. I recouped all the money that I had lost when I first moved to Hawaii. Recouped it all. It was done. I, I was like, I, I would go home to my one bedroom apartment and I would lift up my mattress and I had nothing but 20s, 50s, 100s, you know, under my mattress uh, in $6,000. And um, the reason why I kept it there is because I, you know, I didn't have a bank. I didn't even have a bank account yet. So... Hawaii really taught me sales and you know when I was doing that for a while for about six seven months I had you know was talking to my mom on the phone you know how moms are they're always looking out for you um, she was telling me that pretty much what I was doing was the same thing that a concierge would do behind a desk at a hotel so I she was like you could come to Las Vegas entertainment capital of the world come back and live here again and get you a job as a concierge and so I thought oh man that sounds really good like sounds a little too good to be true again so I took the leap of faith and I moved back to Las Vegas which thank god I did I moved back to Las Vegas and I got a job at Harrah's at the Harrah's hotel which then led me over to the Caesars Palace Hotel concierge and then from there I uh, I now actually still am employed at the Venetian Resort as a concierge till this day as present. So I do real real estate and then I do the concierge thing still after all these years. Um, great great opportunity except for during COVID. Now in the in the last year it's been horrible. I mean everything's shut down. 
the shows have shut down, the entertainment, all the things that I would sell as entertainment have gone away. And it really hurt. I mean, it hurt me bad. I was, you know, out of 40 of us in the department, I was over, you know, I was always between like one and between one and six of uh, being top, top 10 uh, sellers in the department, you know, for commission. And so I lost out on a lot of money. Um, so right now where I'm at is kind of there. You know, I, I got half my hours cut, no commission, and that's just what COVID's done to me and my job, which totally sucks. I mean, it, it's, God, COVID's been a nightmare, but, you know, if all, you know, when all is said and done, hopefully it's just the next stepping stone to the future for me and for everybody else out there listening. I mean, I hope that you're not somebody that's been really truly affected. I mean, I know there's people that lost their job. They lost their home, their rent, you know, they're on the streets now. They're trying to find a place to live or do, you know, just trying to survive. I mean, it's crazy here in Vegas is just totally different. If you're coming to Vegas anytime soon, you know, it's just completely, completely different. And even the clientele on the strip is different. I mean, just a lot more violence on the strip, um, you know, shootings and things like that. It's just not the same as it was. I mean, I used to, my wife and I used to be able at midnight walk down the strip, no problem, no worries. But now we're, we're a little bit too scared to go down there because of all the violence that's been happening. But yeah, I mean, I, out of all of this, definitely you got to go see those movies I recommended on Netflix, Cadaver or The Platform. Super cool sci-fi horror movies. Tomorrow is Halloween. It is All Hallows Eve tonight. And you definitely just, uh, you know, get in the Halloween spirit. Go watch a horror movie. Go watch something cool. Or, you know, or if you like this podcast, you know, maybe you can, when I post it on my social media, you can post how you how you watched it. And then those movies are badass. And if you have any referrals for any cool horror kind of gruesome movies, you know, I like that kind of stuff. So that's pretty cool. Well. All right, guys, thanks for so much for subscribing and listening to this podcast, episode two um, of Entertainment Now. I love you guys. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen to me. And uh, I hope that my soothing radio voice has made your night or day or whatever you're doing just so amazing. All right, guys. Well, until next time, thank you so much for listening. And uh, until episode three, have a great week.